0: Welcome to Houston
1: Sports Talk
0: with your host,
1: Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me to talk Rockets is host of the Kiss of Death podcast, Michael Brown. Great to have you back, Michael. But how disappointing has this three-game losing streak been? Or is it even disappointing considering how they're playing overall? No, it's not.
0: Do I want to win? Of course. But... If you're a Rockets fan and you've watched every game the last three seasons, this is Disneyland times Disney World times Astroworld. Like, this is great because the team is showing strides. You know, they're taking those steps, and it's hard for a team, even when you bring in Fred Van Fleet, Dylan Brooks, Jeff Green, Aaron Holiday. Aaron Holiday has been a heck of a find. You combine that with all of the young guys, they've got to learn how to win these games. And it would be different if they got blown out all three games. But Lakers or Clippers, Lakers, Warriors, all three games came down to the last quarter, last six minutes, last three minutes. Dude, I have no, I'm not upset about this losing streak. They're learning how to win. And this schedule has been hellacious. I mean, it has been hellacious. The teams that they've had to play, they had the big stretch off, like where they didn't play for what, four days in a row? I think they had four or five off days. And then three games and four nights, and now you got to play Memphis tomorrow night. Then you got to play Denver on Friday. It's not easy.
1: Yeah, and you said it. I mean, it wasn't just that they lost three games badly. You had two games go down to the final seconds, yep. uh, and you and you had another game that they were in until the last couple of minutes of the game. And the other part about these three games is, I mean, they got doubled up on free throws over the course of these three games. I mean, it was a huge discrepancy, nearly 50, I think, free throws over the course of those three games. And, you know, a lot of times, Michael, we know this. It's about, you know, who you are. If if the team's got a bunch of all-stars, they're going to get calls. And I I don't think the Rockets are getting the respect yet. I mean, it's going to take some more time for them to get the respect from the free throw line. Also, I want to point out, though, I've heard from a national perspective, there's a national thought that the refereeing has not been all that great this year. There's some new people in the, in the turnstile, I guess. And and so I think that plays a big part of it too. I think you make a good point. I also
0: think when you talk about the game last night, the golden state game last night, there were two different plays by Jalen green. I'm sure we'll talk about Jalen green tonight, both at the end of the quarter, there was a foul on Curry, which turned into a four point play. Then there was a bad foul that resulted in two free throws. That's a six point swing in a five point game. And both of those were good calls. Jalen screwed up on both of those calls. So I think the refereeing, it always can be enhanced. It can always be better. But what the Rockets are going through right now are growing pains. This is what teams have to go through. They've got to learn. Come on. I mean, a new coach, two new stars on the team, and your top five pick isn't even playing in Amen Thompson. And then, Tari Eason didn't play last night. Tari Eason plays last night. The Rockets win. Yeah, dude, I'm fired up. I don't know if you could tell. I'm fired up about this team. I love where this team is, the direction that they're going. I, I think it's it's full steam ahead.
1: Yeah, 100% agree on all that. And I, I just got to uh, talk big picture with you for a bit. Uh-huh. I mean, with Van Vliet, you've got the villain, Udoka, the emergence of Shangun playing at an all-star level. This team... Has obviously taken a giant step, but it feels like there's a real governor on their engine, so to speak, unless Jalen or Jabari takes a big leap at some point here pretty soon. And not that you need an all-star leap yet from those guys, but you got to get something. And, Michael, I might circle back to Jalen specifically, but I want to start with Jabari. What do you like and dislike from what you've seen from him so far this year? I love his attitude. Like, that dude is just tough. Is he a superstar? No.
0: But I also think that people – I mean, I played the game in high school. I've coached, you know, 13- to 16-year-olds for five years. What you have to think about is Jabari's game would have taken a much bigger step if Dylan Brooks wasn't here and if Fred Van Fleet wasn't here. And that's not what's being talked about enough about Jalen and Jabari is they have to learn how to take a backseat to both Dylan Brooks – and to Fred Van Fleet. Both of those guys are options one, two, and shang So you could argue those guys are options four and five on most plays right now if you're watching this team inside and out. The comp that I have for Jabari, and I was talking about this with a buddy the other day, if I guaranteed you Trevor Ariza for the next 13 years with Jabari, would you take it? Because I think that's where he's going. I think he's trending more that way, Think Nicholas Batum, Trevor Ariza, those types of guys, and people are going to say, well, he was a top-five pick. He needs to be better. Yeah, but if he's giving you that production and you're able to save some money not having to pay him like a superstar, it allows you to allocate some of that money elsewhere. So Jabari I'm not worried about because Jabari plays great defense. He needs to take more shots is what he needs to do. He needs to be more selfish when he gets the ball because that mid-range game last night, was good. That was solid last night. When he gets the ball and he knows what he wants to do with it, same thing with Jalen. I'm more worried about Jalen than I am Jabari because Jabari can always lean on his defense, his length, his size. He's always going to have a positive when he's on the court. Jalen's a different story. And I've I've seen your Twitter, uh, X, whatever you want to call it, you have some very opinionated things when it comes to Jalen Green. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right on all of them. But Jalen is the bigger question to me. That's where I'm at with both of them. I think giving up on Jalen I think is a little silly, especially because of the contract that he's on. Now, last night, you know, he gets benched in the fourth quarter. That better be a wake-up call because there's some dudes right behind him that are going to be ready to take his lunch money. And that's Cam Whitmore. Aaron Holiday was was given the the reins last night. I don't love Holiday and Van Fleet together in the backcourt because you're giving up a ton of size, but with the way Holiday's been shooting the ball, that might be the better option in certain situations, like last night.
1: Yeah, at least until Amen gets back. And exactly, I, I don't, I don't see him as a tr- Trevor. Rees is really not somebody or Batum, and you know, I, I would be a little disappointed if that's all he was. But before the season, I said Jabari needs to play backup center, and that's what I thought Udoku would do. Michael, I've loved nearly everything Ma's done playing Landell uh is not his best move and everybody agrees that that guy stinks and as you know as part of that mistake not letting Jabari play center is where I've got the problem and Michael I'm done with force feeding Jalen the offense when Shangoon and Van Vliet leave the game so here's my proposal I'm going to run it by you yep well Jabari is has much more potential offensively Then Jalen right now, you can feed it to him in the post or at the elbow. He's got more variety to his game. With his size, he can get a shot off against anybody, as opposed to Jalen, who appears to be working his butt off just to find his shot on the court. So what do you think of making Jabari the center of the bench unit offense? I hate it. I'll be honest with you. I, I hate small ball five most of the time most it depends on who you're playing like last six eleven it's not small though I mean and and the other part about here's the Michael here's the other part about small ball you know first of all I don't think he's small and I think he's going to get bigger and I think he needs to learn how to play center that's number one number two this is where to me small ball is if you're playing that you know 48 minutes a game who out like what center out there Am I worried about? I mean, there's no Jokic coming off somebody's bench. There's no Embiid. You're typically playing some scrub backup center, and I think having him play as somebody that who, who can space and then get his buckets against backup centers in the NBA are typically not that great. So I don't, you know, small ball to me. And and look, Mike D'Antoni ran ran, ran the you know ran one of the best offenses ever playing small ball off the you know he would have never put a Jock Landell. And there at center coming off the bench because he just saw it as like it, it's a you play the you play better players as opposed to bigger bodies when, when it comes when it comes down to that.
0: So a couple of things. When I say small ball, he's not a five. He's a forward. That's just the way he plays. Now, if he was thicker, he's too lean to play the five. And then when you start talking about that, then who do you put next to him? Because the Rockets are a good rebounding team. They're not a great rebounding team. But I hear what you're saying. So is your proposition moving Jabari to the bench?
1: No, 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 no. I'm saying okay. when – you I'm saying when – Yeah, no, I'm okay. saying when – when Like, typically, when they've gone to the bench, they've left Jalen in to be the offensive guy on the floor when, when Van Vliet and Shangoon comes out. Uh-huh. And, and here's what I'm talking about. You know, Jabari, you could put him next to uh, Tari Eason. You know, hopefully he's going to be able to play regular minutes pretty soon. But if you put him next to Tari Eason – if the other team's got some big guy that they want to put in the post or whatever, Tari can handle that. He's got the size and length and physicality to handle that. And it's—I mean—if another team wants to post you up with some backup and bench units, fine, go for it. Because to me, that's you're—they're—they're they're playing right into the Rockets' hands. But I'll take Tari in the post or even Jeff Green in the post, yeah. and and let and let you know, Jabari—he could still play almost the four off uh, defensively while he plays. You know, on the offensive side, it gives you an advantage because you know you, you you can play more five out than you can with Jock Landell that nobody respects, and also it 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 gives you an option to put Jabari in the post, which I you know to me, I, I just feel like that's where the real benefit for him is. I, everybody out keeps thinking of him as just this guy that's a three point gunner, and that's not who I didn't think that's who he was coming into the NBA. I just didn't. The problem with it, I I know
0: I like where you're coming from. The problem is you're a shengoon in foul trouble, away a game away from being in real trouble up front. Even right now, even if you want to play Jabari at the five, my solution we talked about it on the last couple shows. Clint Capella in Atlanta, 29 years old, familiarity with the franchise. He's not going to be that expensive. You can get him for Oladipo. I mean Tate. If it came down to it in picks, I do that deal. Because you need a capella, you need a rim protector. Even Shangoon's not a rim protector. And yes, I agree with you. How many centers off the bench are you going to come into contact with that are going to kill you? Not many. But if Shangoon gets into foul trouble against, I mean, you look at the West by itself. You got to deal with Aiton. You got to deal with Gobert. You got to deal with Towns. You got to deal with Jokic. You got to deal with, you know, even in the East, Embiid. uh, What's uh, Atabio? Like, there's enough guys in the league that are going to give us trouble with Shangoon. And Shane is how many games into this new version of himself where he actually plays defense, less than 20. So I love the, I mean, I, I think he's playing all-star level basketball. I said at the beginning of the year, the Rockets have a roster problem. It's not a big problem yet, and it's not about what they have now. Rob, it's about what they're going to do. What are the next steps for this team? Because this team is not a title-contending team. We, we, nobody thinks that. But the question's going to be, Now, what do you do with the rest of the roster? That's what's the question. That's why they're struggling right now is because they're a couple pieces away from being that team that can go in to a staple of whatever they're calling it now in L.A. and beating the Lakers and the Clippers and the Warriors consistently on the road. They're a couple pieces away. And that's the struggles that we're seeing now.
1: Yeah, I would love Capella as as another option up front. I'm sure there's nobody that's going to argue with that. I just... I don't know how everybody assumes that Atlanta's going to deal them or wants to deal them, but the, 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 the Hawks are playing well. And I thought they were going to deal them in the off season. I thought that was the time the Rockets were on the phone with them anyway, with that other trade. And I thought they could have turned that other trade into the, I thought if that, if the Rockets and the Hawks were both interested in that, right. I thought that opportunity was there in the off season. So look, I would love it, but I'd be a little bit surprised unless the Hawks just start going downhill. But I want to put a little context on why I have more confidence in Jabari's offense and and, and these bench situations, because the Rockets need obviously somebody that's going to give them more consistent offense and bench. That's been a huge issue for them. And while Jalen's overall shooting percentage has gone down, Jabari's has, you know, has gone from just under 41% last season to 48% this year. It's, it's nearly a 6.3%. Um, rise for him. His three-point percentage jump from 30.7 to 33.9. It's early, but just those numbers to me are are worth noting. And Michael, I'm also a believer that Jabari is a better shooter when he puts the ball on the floor a couple of times. He needs that rhythm. He's a rhythm guy, and the stats bear this out. His best shooting percentage both this year and last year when he dri- is when he dribbles twice. More than twice, it drops off a ton. That, that, that twice usually means that that post-up situations you put him at the elbow or you or or you put him down in the post but this year when he takes two dribbles when he takes just two dribbles he's a 66.7 percent shooter and and his numbers were also way better in those situations like I said last year so I, I guess that's my point
0: I like it I like it a lot it's I love this team you know what I mean I love watching them play they, they've got some issues They they just do. Every team does, but the Rockets are in a very tough spot right now because they're good. You, you can tell they're good, but what's next, especially with a team that in the off season is going to be staring down contract extensions for Alperin, Shangoon and Jalen green. And I'm not sold that they're going to do it on green. I think you have to do it with Shangoon at this point. What I see is You know, you don't have one guy on this team right now that's averaging double-digit rebounds. That's a problem. The most that is averaged by any of the players on the Rockets right now is 8.8, and that's by Shingun.
1: I think Tari's the guy that's going to do it once he starts getting the regular minutes and his health gets – because Tari, we saw it last year, and, and I wanted him to play more last year. If he gets up to 25 to 30 minutes, he's getting you 10 boards easy.
0: I don't disagree with that. But then whose minutes are you taking away from if you're putting Tari on the court for 30 minutes?
1: Jock Landell, I'm taking away some of Jeff Green's minutes if I have to. But, yeah, to me, it's – he he he's – to me, it's a three – it's mostly a three-man big rotation of Jabari, Tari, and Shangoon. You know, and you could – whoever is playing the four or five, however you want to match it up. To me, like I said, Tari, when Jabari's on the court – he plays more defensive center, even though he's a little bit smaller. He's just more physical or whatever. But I, you know, to me, it's mostly those. And it, when you need to, when you need Uncle Jeff to jump in there, and then he can jump in. Yeah,
0: and I, I like that a lot. It still doesn't solve the big problem off the bench, in my opinion. The way I see that they play now with Udoka, the one year that he was in in Boston, he didn't have a traditional big brute in the middle either. He played with Al Horford and Robert Williams. So playing with those types of finesse bigs is right up Udoka's alleys, like you're talking about, putting Jabari at the five. Do I love it? No, not in every situation. But I see where you're coming from and so many other people – Udoka's going to put the best five guys for that situation on the court. It doesn't matter if they're 6'9", 6'10", 6'7". It doesn't matter.
1: Well, if, no. it doesn't, if it doesn't matter, then prove it and get Jack Landell. Look, I would rather Boban play at this point over yeah, Jack Landell. I, I would rather one of the assistant coaches, me, yeah. Tiago um,
0: Splitter. Yeah, I mean, put Tiago Splitter out there. I mean, Landell's horrendously bad right now. I mean, like, bad. It's, yeah. it's comical because he's a professional. Like, I feel bad talking about him like that, but he sucks. Yeah. Like, he had a shot last night, a hook shot from, like, six feet away that missed by four feet. I don't even know how that's possible, but it's possible. If he's not going to rebound, which he's not doing, I mean, it's terrible. But to go back to Jabari real quick, the guy's averaging 13 and 7 right now. And Jalen, for everything, you know, bad that he's doing on the court, he's averaging 18 points, nearly five rebounds, three assists. You know, he turns the ball over a little too much, almost two and a half times a game. But I think he's going to figure it out. I'm a, Like I said, I'm a big fan of his. I'm a big fan of Jabari's. They're going to have some tough decisions to make because I do want to see Cam Whitmore get on the court as well at some point. I think he has too much talent to keep on the bench. I mean, yeah. way too much talent.
1: Yeah, and frankly, I mean, this is I, – I, I, I can go into it some other time, but yeah. I, I honestly believe that he's got more of a potential to be what we thought we thought Jalen was going to be, but I'll get to that at some other point. But I I do want to talk about Jalen for some other reasons and just kind of comparing the Jalen Jabari thing. And three weeks ago, you know, you said you've seen me say it on Twitter, but I've said it on here. We did a show on it. I, three weeks ago, I said I have a hard time seeing Jalen turning into a perennial all-star, much less a superstar. As I knew It would. That got the Jalen fans a little bit in their feelings and for some the reaction was about hey, what about Jabari? What about well, Michael, I just didn't hear the expectation from Rockets fans or even draft experts that Jabari would be a superstar. I'd figure if everything went right he could turn into an all-star and I still believe in that potential more so than I do with Jalen for a couple of reasons and and just tell me if you agree. Here's my two big reasons. Number Mm -hmm. one, attitude. There's a obvious difference in their demeanors. Jabari has shown just a whole lot more passion. I can see hates to lose more. And there's just more alpha in his personality. That's, you know, a big part of it. And I talked about it with Jalen. And it's one of my real things that bug me about Jalen is I just don't see the passion. I don't see the alpha. I don't see all that stuff. But reason number two, while Jabari's defense has had awful moments, You said it earlier. He's flashed more moments of great defense, great defense, than Jalen. There's more of a potential there, obviously. And last year was mostly a disaster, but that game against Giannis was special. Big guys are usually longer projects, Michael. Do you agree with that whole assessment?
0: It's a loaded question, man, because
1: do I I agree with most of what you said? Yes. Now, whether
0: this is fair or not, I think some of the alpha that you're talking about, knowing the way Jalen grew up, He's a California kid. I'm not saying that's an excuse. He seems more like the surfer lifestyle. Like, bro, it's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. Jabari's more in your face. Like Jabari's interview, what did he say about, he thinks he could take Jordan in a game of one-on-one. Like that's Jabari's mindset. Jalen's not outspoken like that. And there's nothing wrong with those approaches. I like more of the Jabari mindset. Like I'm a huge fan of Dylan Brooks because he's so outspoken and he, he backs up his talk. What I think Jalen is really struggling with right now, and we we referenced it a little earlier, he's struggling going from being in no sort of, how do I want to say this? With Silas, there was no, he wasn't kept accountable for anything. Go out there, go play five out, go get your buckets. That's why his numbers have dipped this year because Udoka is making him play in more of a system where he's no longer the focal point of the offense. Him and KPJ were the focal points of that offense. Jalen Green is not. you. Again, you could argue he's the fourth or fifth option on most possessions, and that's hard for him. He's never been in that spot before. So it's less than 20 games into his career with Ime Udoka. I'm going to give it some more time. I'm not ready to write either one of them off. I'm high on both of them, especially the fact that Jalen's giving you 18 points a night on a rookie contract. Giving up on Jalen at this point, especially when he's not going to social media, and becoming a distraction, there's nothing wrong with that, especially the fact that, you know, he's averaging five rebounds a game, nearly five assists a game, which means he's still interacting in the offense. So, no, I mean, look, the team is 6-6. and I think the schedule opens up with the teams that they're going to play. I think they're going to be fine. I think this, as I said at the beginning of the year, this is a playoff team. I think they're a top-eight team in the West, and I think Jalen is going to be a big part of it.
1: Yeah, a couple of things uh, that you mentioned. You keep bringing up 18 points, but it's it's inefficient. I mean, it's a bad, inefficient 18 points. I mean, look, his efficiency has not improved one iota from year one to year three. The only thing that you can give him is he's shot more free throws the last couple of years. That's the one thing. And that's the one thing that, you know, I will still give him definitely over Javari. I'm glad you mentioned his his, uh, rebounds because... That's one thing that's ticked up this year a little bit, which is something that I was griping and moaning about all of last year. I'm like, dude, you are a top five percent NBA athlete at least. Why aren't you jumping for rebounds? Why aren't you in there battling for rebounds with that with that uh, size? So yeah that's that's all well and good. but you know my concern with with Jalen is it's it's typically a very inefficient. It's still, you know, the, everybody got mad. All of Rockets Nation got mad when these other media people were like, oh, he's a shot chucker, whatever. I, I, I didn't think he was a shot chucker. I just thought he was a shot misser. And I think there's a difference. I don't think he was taking the worst shots for who he is. I just thought he was missing the shots that he was making. And I keep waiting for those to turn, I keep waiting for him to hit that wide open. 16 or 18 footer that he typically gets I keep waiting for him to be better at finishing at the rim miss and stop missing layups and I also keep waiting and this is the thing that really ticks me off uh I keep waiting for him to develop a floater at least start trying a floater because look Ja Morant is about his size there he's maybe an inch or two shorter I don't know but they're pretty close they're both great athletes the difference between him and Jaw offensively isn't the fact that you know, yeah, Jaws just he's explosive just like Jalen. The difference is he's learned how to finish around the basket and he's learned the floater. And and that's a, a big deal. And I and I don't understand why Jalen this is stuff that I just thought he would have worked on. And and that's the other part about this. Jabari, everybody griped the whole year last year. Oh, he's never gonna come do anything off the dribble. You know what? Worked all off season. He's way better off the dribble. Tell me what about Jalen's game this year. Like, just from an offensive standpoint, you have mentioned the rebounds, fine. But from an offensive standpoint, what have you seen that's different from year one to year two to year three?
0: Well his career numbers at the three-point line, he's shooting better this year than he has in either of the two previous
1: years. A little, a little bit, a
0: little yeah, bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's a tick up. And, you know, he's a career 41% from inside of the arc this year. He's at 39%. So he's not dropping off of a cliff shooting-wise. The, dif- the main difference between John Morant and him, one's a point guard and one's not. Jalen Green is not a point guard. John Morant is a point guard. So he's able to have the ball so much more in his hands, and he can work on those things that you're talking about. He's also the number one bona fide guy on that Memphis team, and it's not even close. Jalen's been that the last two years. He's not that this year. He has to learn how to play within the system that Udoka is building here in Houston. He's never done that before. Every other year, every other place he's been, he's been not only the number one guy, the superstar, the bona fide give me the ball and get out of the way. No, he's not, he's nobody, not that guy anymore.
1: Nobody was taking, though, more shots last year. than He had plenty of chances last year to work on it, and still, I don't care if he's not taking 30 shots anymore. He's taking enough shots to where, you know, you got to work on the. I don't care. You, you, when you're, he scored 20 points, you just, or 18 points a game, you just said it. He's taking shots and he's not doing it. He's not taking shots sufficient. It's not like he's taking, you know, for eight or his 18 points, it's not like he's taking nine shots. If he was, we would all be having a party. He's taking plenty of shots. Trust me, he's just not, he's not trying the thing that he's got to get good at because there is just times where I just feel like, Jalen, man, quit trying to be cool. Quit trying to go for the cool factor and make the one-handed slam over some guy. When you go to the basket, you're not good enough yet to to be cool. You've got to start making those shots around the basket before you can be cool.
0: I don't disagree with it. I don't disagree with any of that at all. He's made me want to, you know, I mean, I got no hair, but he's made me want to pull my hair out before. (laughs) You know what I mean? And just yeah. like, just like Shane has, we also have to remember this is his third year and the Rockets don't have a better option than him
1: at the two right now. Anyway, I'm not saying to, you know, obviously I'm not saying to bench him. No, but I'm just, you know, I'm just saying like
0: more for the fans out there that are calling for him to be benched is silly and stupid. It just like, it is. He, I think, listen, I think he's going to have the best game of his, of the season tomorrow night. Cause I think it was a wake up call. I do think him getting benched in the fourth quarter, For no disrespect to Aaron Holiday, if him or his family are listening to the show, which they absolutely should, Jalen Green should not be getting benched for Aaron Holiday. It's very reminiscent to when Harden got benched in the the Clippers series. When uh, Kevin McHale told Harden to sit his fat butt on the bench, and they rode with the guys that they had in the game. And Harden took that personally. I think Jalen Green's going to be the same way. I think we're going to see the best version of Jalen Green tomorrow night. I can't wait for this game tomorrow night against Memphis.
1: Yeah. And as far as Cam goes, um, yeah, he, there's a lot of issues that, that he was showing as far as, you know, being a little bit selfish with the ball and, and, you know, just not the ability to pass and stuff like that. But look, I mean, I've seen him in summer league. I've seen him in preseason. I've seen enough of Cam Whitmore to go today, not in a year or two today. Cam Whitmore is a better defensive player. Than Jalen Green is and J and and what I saw last night against Golden State, where he just was like lost, just totally lost, and it was a it was almost that he he gets daydreaming or something on defense. I'm like, what do you like? How do you lose Clay Thompson like he did in, right. the, in that game? I mean, right. there was just there are too many moments with Jalen where he goes brain dead. Now there's less this year, you know. There's more accountability. There's less this year, true, but you know, Cam Whitmore, that guy causes steals. He gets rebounds. He's physical. He can definitely um, handle guys in the post and and deal with that more than Jalen Green. So he all of that, he's already got the lead. And you can talk about, well, he'd be a terrible, inefficient guy coming in right now. But you know, we're just, we just did a whole thing on why Jalen's inefficient. So I don't, I don't know. what. Well, to
0: say. And real quick on that, you say that you think cam can do this at the NBA level. We simply don't know that, you know, we, as, as fans, we would think that he could do that. The, his frame would lead rockets fans to believe we need to see more of him. We think, you know, but he's got to get those minutes. And what I was talking about just real quick, the log jam on this roster, you got Tate, you got Brooks, you have Eason, You have uh, Ahmed Thompson. All of those guys are in that same, you know, body type. You know, you can't play all those guys. And that's why I think come deadline, hot take, the Rockets are going to be involved in a big deal. I don't know who it is yet. I don't have any inside sources. But look at the roster. They have a log jam at that spot. You don't draft a guy in the first round like Cam Whitmore with no expectations to play him. But right now, you can't play him over anybody. Tate's averaging 20 minutes a night. You're not going to sit Dylan Brooks. You have Tari Eason and you have Jabari. There's four guys already ahead of him. I don't want to send him to the G League. That's why I expect they move at the deadline to clear some roster space.
1: Yeah. And, you know, you say, where do you play him? I'll, I'll tell you what. There's no way I'd play Reggie Bullock over him at this oh, point. Oh, no. Uh-uh. And, and, and And to see Reggie Bullock go out there, you know, in that game against Golden State instead of Cam, I'm like, What's the point of that? It's yeah. it, to me, it's a, it's a, it's it's a total waste. And and at least Cam can, you know, if Cam gets on a heater, all of a sudden he could bring you back into that game. And Reggie Bullock hasn't shot three point shots worth a darn no. in November or December, and like since he was twelve, like he struggles early in the season, and he doesn't do anything else for you, great, even good at this point. So I'm just like, it, it, that's why, and to me. I played Cam over Jock Landau. I moved Jeff Green, you know, if if you don't want to play Jabari at center, then play Jeff Green or Jay Sean Tate, you know, or whatever, and just have a very switchable lineup. And, 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 at, and at least, you know, Cam with his size, you can put him out there with, with those guys because he can handle some bigger guys with the physicality and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: I agree. And you look at it, you look at a team like Atlanta, you know, if you can come away with a Clint Capella and a Wes Matthews for a uh, Jock Landale, Tate and picks, you know, I love Jay Sean Tate, but by trading Tate, you open up those minutes for a cam Whitmore. You also advance your shooting off the bench with a guy like Wes Matthews over Reggie Bullock. Those are the types of moves. The Rockets are going to look to and say, okay, we have got to advance this roster in the middle of the season and still maintain their cap flexibility. Those are the types of moves that I'm looking for them to make. But again, I love where this team is at compared to where it was last year. This is light years ahead of where they've been. I agree with a lot of what you said, though. You've made some great points on Jalen and Jabari. You know, we haven't talked enough about Shangun. We could talk about the Rockets for hours, but yeah. Shangun is becoming an all star. Fred Van Fleet has been worth every penny. So is Dylan Brooks. Uh, Aaron Holiday has been a heck of a find. So, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Green too. I mean all four of those guys that the Rockets have signed in the offseason have been so good for this roster so far. I mean so good for these young guys and they're only going to get better. They're only going to get more comfortable in the system as we move throughout the season.
1: Yeah, you just you're you're just like every night you're like okay, when is it are we going to see the Jalen? Are we going to see the Jabari that we want to see? and you know, it just yeah. you're getting anxious for it and you want it to happen so bad. Uh Kiss of Death podcast, tell me what's going on with you guys and what else you got?
0: Oh, man. Uh, Jeremy Brenner and I, we go live on Twitter and on Facebook for the Dream Shake. Uh, after every single Rockets game, we're coming in. We're 15 episodes away from 500 episodes the last four years, so that's really exciting. Um, so make sure to check out uh, Kiss to Death on Twitter, at RocketsFFSN. I'm at Brown underscore 2020. We're a part of the DreamShake.com. We're also uh, very proudly a part of the Fans First Sports Network on uh, all of our platforms. So make sure to give them a follow at Fans first, SN.
1: So much great stuff out there in the Rockets space. I mean, uh, love everybody that's uh, watching you, you guys out there that's listening. I mean, it's just uh, incredible. The Rockets fans in Houston and and Absolutely. around the and around the world, they're just they're they they care and they're so passionate about it as much as or I think it's more than any fan base in, of all the Houston teams, which is pretty amazing. Yes, uh, considering everything that's happened over the last three years. Uh, Thank you so much for doing it. Hey, I, I'm giving thanks because it's uh, Thanksgiving week. I, I thank you for doing this and and, oh. and thank MAU Doka for making it a, a much happier Thanksgiving this year than it was last year.
0: Thanks for having me. Uh, I appreciate it so much. Great show. And uh, I'd love to come back anytime. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk.
1: Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.